Hey girls, and welcome to part two of Lisa Bergen interview. Let's get started. How do you come up with the story ideas? Usually it's the the beginning of a, just like I want to write this sort of thing. Like where um, an example would be, right now I'm working on a series about, called The Sugar Baron's Daughters. And it's set in the 1770s, and um, it's about three girls whose dad dies, and all that's left to them are is this plantation on Nevis in the West Indies. And uh, they do what no women did in that time, or very few women did in that time, is they set sail for the West Indies and uh, take on the plantation, and they're facing horrific slavery and the beginnings of the American Revolution and uh, piracy. And so it's, it's a very evocative time period, so I'm having a blast with it. Uh, but the story idea came from me uh, being in Kauai last year, and I was with my husband, and I picked up a nonfiction book, and I was reading about the sugar plantations there, and I just thought, oh, that's so interesting. I wonder what the sugar plantation industry was all about and how, how what that was like. And what I learned shortly was that it, it really dominated world society in the 15th, 16th, 17th centuries in huge ways because of the financial impact. So... um that was where that story idea came from. You know, I think stories are always all around us. Mm -hmm. Um, Authors really are always asking the what-if questions. You know, what if this happened? Or what intrigues me about that idea? Um, Would that be something interesting to a lot of people? And what is it about it that would draw people's attention? So uh, I think authors are generally curious people who are always up for learning. And if you're always up for learning, you're always going to uncover new ideas and things that uh, spark story ideas in your head. That's great, because I love learning. (laughs) Yes. So um, do you, your Sugar Baron, is it planning to be a series or a trilogy? Yeah, it's three books, Sugar Baron's Daughters, and the first one is Katura, and then the names of all three girls. So it's Katura, Emmeline, and Sila. And um, they will begin to release in April of 2018 with Bethany House. Wow, that's great. Uh, have you, are you currently writing the second, third, first? Which one are you currently writing? I'm actually waiting on pins and needles to hear from my editor about mm-hmm. book one. And then I'll rewrite that um, during June. And then I'll push right into book two while my head engaged with the story again. So uh, I'm going to get a draft to, together of uh, book two by fall. Do you like writing in the first person, or, like, what's your favorite type of... Yeah, that's a good question. That You know, first person, I love that it's so, so close. I mean, you feel like you are that person. That character, yeah. I just love that. Uh, and that was that was super appropriate for my YAs. Um, I think what's challenging about that is that you never get to see from the story from other people's head. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you don't get anyone else's perspective. Yeah. And when you're telling a story, that becomes challenging because then you you can only be where your main character is. Uh, I, I say point of view. You always have to think of 
a horse with blinders on, you can only see what that horse sees. And so um, if your main character is missing something critical, then they're, you're missing something critical. And that can play into your story. It just is more challenging to write than third person for sure. Yeah. Do you... I like I love reading books, but the like diaries or like remnants. How did you um, get the idea for Andriana to be an empath so that you could get other people's um, thoughts and what they're thinking into involved in the story? Yeah, I really wanted I wanted my remnants all to have unique spiritual gifts, and for her, she's she really she senses their emotions which helps her guess at what they're thinking. Um, but I, I think that we all have the gift of empathy to a certain amount. You know, we can, if we're attuned to how God is speaking to us and attuned to our fellow brothers and sisters, we we can get a sense of what people are feeling even now, don't you think? Yeah. So that's how I came up with her gift. And uh, I thought that's something that I think that God calls us all to developed so that's how I I wrote that in. Are all your books in the first person? Nope. Just my YA. Just your YA. So The River of Time and Remnants. Mm-hmm. And is Katora like the sorry, the Sugar Baron trilogy? Yeah. Yeah. So that's third person. But it's very close third person. It just mm-hmm. allows me to um bring in other characters as I need them. So you said that you love writing in many different genres. So which is your favorite? Hmm. I know that's a hard question. Hmm. It's whatever I'm writing. At the time. I think the easiest thing I've ever written was River of Time. It just flowed, and I think it was because I, I loved the that there was um, well, we were in Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there was such a solid sense of danger and adventure that there was uh, solid romance, and then the whole juxtaposition of a contemporary character being in those historical times made it easy to write because I didn't have to come up with language that was appropriate for the historical era because I'm in the point of view of a contemporary character. So that that just was fun. It, It just was a fun series to write, and I think it reads as as a fun series to read as well. Yeah. So is that your favorite book that you've written, the favorite, or what is your favorite? I think that was my favorite series to write from Mm -hmm. beginning to end. I think my favorite book I wrote was The Begotten in the Gifted series, and that is um, historical supernatural suspense. And so uh, it it is similar to Remnants in a lot of ways, but it's set in... 14th century Italy, and it really was the precursor of River of Time. I had done all that research in that era for Italy in uh, the 14th century, so I just used that um, research when I started writing River of Time. So, But uh, for me, Begotten, there were a number of reasons why it's my favorite. First of all, it was because um, I, God had really asked me to take a hiatus for a time. I had been writing so much that I was feeling very burned out. Mm-hmm. And the words he gave me were fallow time. You need fallow time. And fallow time in on in the fields is when you just leave the fields dormant. You don't plant anything. You don't plow them up. You just leave them alone. And so for three years, I just stopped writing. And when 
um, God encouraged me to start writing again. It was the begotten that he gave me as an idea. So I was, I was super fresh again. I was super passionate. I, I loved um, diving into the historical research uh, of that era, and I loved the supernatural suspense. I loved the whole good versus evil, which is probably part of what you like in Remnants, yeah. too, is that it, it's just so good for me to remember that there there's a battle going on all the time and that um, we need to pay attention to that unseen world uh, as well as our physical world because uh, God God wants us to do that. Yeah. Did you did you miss writing during those three years? Not at all. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah. I had written so many books by then. You'd think I would be missing mm-hmm. it, but I think it just was clearly what God wanted for me at that time. And yeah. um, at that time, I was trying to build a business that ended up failing, and I got pregnant with my third child. And so I think that looking back, if I had tried to be writing when I was on the edge of burnout mm-hmm. and facing the um, stresses of our lives during those years, it might have just put me under. So mm-hmm. he knew, and I'm just thankful I obeyed that call to not do anything for a while. Yeah, and he helped you to relax. So Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So what is the most important lesson that God has taught you? I think what God continues to teach me year in, year out, is that I'm a a child of his that is covered by grace, um, fully forgiven, and empowered and loved beyond all measure. And when I am able to live out that lesson day to day, I feel more calm and strengthened for my day and everything I encounter. Uh, And I think that's what he wants everyone to learn. Mm. What is your favorite Bible story? Uh, I I think I'm kind of intrigued um, with the story of Jonah Mm -hmm. and how he um, tried to run away from what God wanted him to do, (laughs) and God continued to pursue him. I I am fascinated by Bible characters or people in the Bible who uh, are clearly spoken to by God, and yet they have a will of their own and how God wrestles with them and encourages them and knocks them upside the head and yeah. hugs them tight, you know, just as they need them. And I, I, I love that active relationship aspect of all of Scripture, that that's what God is calling to us through every single story we read, that mm-hmm. it's he's all about relationship. Yeah. Yeah, and we need to make sure that we have a relationship with him because he so wants that from us and... He does. And once and the we more get there, we build that relationship, the stronger we become. Yeah. And your and what's your favorite verse? I love from Ephesians 3, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I can barely repeat those words without getting all teary. If everyone could understand how much, how much we are loved, um, 
it would empower us to live that it out in an, in amazing ways that would change this world. Yeah, those are those are really strong words because we need to realize how much He loves us, and once we realize that, it shapes the way we look at everyone else, it changes our perspective, it changes um, how we react to others, it changes everything. Uh huh. And I think that a lot of us know. Yeah, God loves me. Mm-hmm. I know that. But those words that say being rooted and established in love, it's like it's our soil. Mm-hmm. If we could really make it our soil, it, it, we would flourish. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite book to read, other than the Bible, of course? <laughs> you know, I have never read a book more than once other than C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia. I'm always interested in the new new book, so I couldn't t- begin to tell you my favorite book. Of late, my favorite books to read are um, fantasy uh, YA fiction, and I I read widely though. I read nonfiction. I read all sorts of adult novels. Mm-hmm. I, I I was the kid who read you know the back of the cereal box every morning, <laughs> so I'll read yeah, whatever in front of me. <laughs> and that um yeah, in my family, I'm like reading the back of the cereal box, and they take it to use the cereal. I'm like, no, I was reading that. I'm like, <laughs> why do you want to read the cereal box? Yes, <laughs> yes. Um. So, um, what specifically in Narnia? Which which one specifically do you like? You know, I it's been probably fifteen years since I reread mm-hmm. them, and I just I just love the whole idea of being called. I think it's part of what inspired me to write is this call to action, and how um, God is using each and every one of those characters, and even the you know how each one is fallible and sinful in their own ways, but God continues to use all of them to to get them to what he wants them to do. So it was the overall message that I think was so evocative for me and, and so inspiring. Mm-hmm. What kind of um, fantasy, you said you've been reading fantasy a lot, fantasy YA a lot recently. Um, mm-hmm. What specific books? I love Lee Bardugo's um, Shadow and Bone series, and uh, it's secular, um, but there's a lot of light and dark in there, um, so I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been reading the Red Queen series with my daughter um, by Victoria Aviard, which was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, those were my two of my favorites of late. Great. Um, so what is the meaning of life to you? Because I know a lot of people have different ideas of what the meaning of life is. Um, so to you, what is the meaning of life? The meaning of life to me is to love God with all my heart, mind, and soul, and to do my best to love um, others, everyone he puts in my path in a similar fashion. Yep, that's that's a great message. How do you know what is right and wrong? Because a lot of teens and a lot of girls and boys, everyone struggles with, oh, what's right and wrong? Is it what the law says? Is it what I think is right and wrong? What is right and wrong? Yeah, in today's day and age, it, there's a lot of gray area, right? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of people say a lot is open to interpretation, and that's true. But I, I think right and wrong always squares up with Scripture, mm-hmm. and it squares up with, people uh, you want to emulate. So that might be your parents,
parents or your youth group leader or, you know, uh, people on the radio that you admire, whoever it is that you admire, if you think they're living a godly life and what you're deciding to do, you can always say, does it square up with Scripture first? And do people I admire and want to become more like, what would they say about this? Yeah. So thank you for answering all these questions. Um, just to wrap up, I have one more question for you. Okay. Um, any, message that, any message you specifically want to tell our listeners? Uh, I would like to encourage everyone to always be seeking to go a bit deeper. I think we're so... Uh, distracted and caught up in all the things that draw our attention in today's world, and especially for teens. There's so much on our phones and online that might pull us away from the deeper things of life that really matter. They might point us there, too, but uh, I think it's I, I, I wish everybody could spend time thinking about how much time am I allocating to social media or um, time with my friends and family and time with my God. And it, if things are out of balance, it, it, it's something that you need to examine and, and correct as fast as possible because mm-hmm. all, all things, friends, family, God, um, perp- and your work, whether that be school or work, they all require time and energy. But uh, sometimes life just happens to us, and I don't think God intends for us to just let life happen. He wants us to be people of purpose and be very intentional. So take stock periodically, see where you are, see what God's calling you to do, and make changes as you need to, to do them. Thank you. Thank you, for, thank you for the interview and for taking this time, and um, it's it was amazing speaking to you. It's fun to talk with you, too, after all our <laughs> online conversations. It's yeah. great to put a voice with the name. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day, Kayla. Yeah, you too. Okay, girls, oh. bye for now.